Yes, that line falls on the right, babe. Now that Maggie's back in McMonagle here with you on the fan, 877-337-6666. Hey, if you can go to an outdoor hockey game in the freezing cold, you can call me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Let's do it. That's right. We got Fliegelman on the other side. Emmanuel with us for the morning. Me and you for three hours till the warm-up show at 5. Again, that number, 877-337-6666. We got a lot to get to. We got baseball stories, right? Is Snell going to be a Yankee? There's some thought that maybe they'll give him a contract. Pete Alonso wants to talk. Juan Soto showed up, but that's not the story. That's right. That's right, hockey fans. Amazingly enough, those aren't the stories. Not the lousy, the lousy NBA All-Star Weekend, which, by the way, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. It's awful. And the idea that while that lousiness is going on, the NHL had themselves one hell of a weekend, at least here, you know, certainly here, as 150,000 people over the course of two days showed up at MetLife Stadium and watched the Devils play the Flyers. And then, in my opinion, the most heated blood rivalry the city has in the Rangers and Islanders. Yeah, Yankee fans and Met fans hate each other. I get it. Right, and certainly the football fans we saw this year, it starts to kind of turn that way. You know, everyone was tired of hearing how the Jets were going to be the world champion, the Giants are underrated, and blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, for me, especially growing up on Long Island, so maybe I'm biased, but for me, the most, you know, bitter rivalry between fans that of diehard fans of the team is Rangers Islanders. And 80,000, damn near 80,000 people packed MetLife Stadium to see that performance. And I'm telling you, these, for whatever it is, first of all, high-pressure, big-time hockey games are as good as anything we have in sports. Let's just start there, all right? That's just the honest-to-God truth. Playoff hockey is as good as it gets. I'm a baseball guy. I love playoff baseball. Playoff football, you can't beat it. Right, These championship games, we talk about them for weeks on end and decisions that are made and field goals that are kicked and fourth downs that are went for. But I'm telling you, there is nothing better than intense spectacle hockey. And that's what we got yesterday at MetLife Stadium. I see everybody I know taking pictures from the train, taking pictures out there tailgating for a hockey game. It was an atmosphere, man. These games are intense. You get the feeling, and especially watching games that absolutely have no meaning in the NBA. Watching skill competitions and dunk contests and NBA games that they score 200 points in as we watch one set of games that mean absolutely nothing. Now, I know these are regular season games. I'm not trying to compare them. They just happen to be on the same weekend. But we turn on these hockey games, and we are, and, and you can tell 
You can feel it in the building. You got the Giants and Jets players reading off a script. They, I mean, I don't even know what they were saying half the time. The feeling at the at the the stadium was electric. You could hear it. I would say it was about to be fair. Let's just to be fair. I would say it's at least two thirds Rangers fans. But man, what a what an atmosphere those games were. And if you get into the actual game, obviously the Rangers win in an overtime, six five. Just, I mean, an awesome, awesome game, an awesome, awesome feel. These outdoor games are excellent. A lot of fun. And then you get down to the brass tacks of the game, and the Rangers win their seventh in a row, the hottest team in hockey coming out of the break. And, you know, there's a lot to the there's a lot to this game and the different elements of it, and kind of an epitome of really both these teams and what their seasons have felt like. Because the Rangers get off to that incredible start, and while they were doing it, they were coming from behind. There's never any quit in this team. You gotta give them that, even when they struggle. Even when they were about a, you know, prior to this winning streak, whether it was Igor struggling, who, again, not every goal is his fault. Certainly that that final uh, Islander goal that that put them up two in the third period that made it even tougher to come back from, you know, Lindgren's hurt in the corner. and that, you know, So that's, I mean, a lot of the goals aren't necessarily his fault, but he just feels shaky at times. And the Islanders get out to that, you know, the Rangers score quick. Matt Martin and Rempe go out of quick. Matt Martin trying to pick on, the, I don't know, pick on. That's not the right word, but trying to, I think he tried to boost his team. Uh, you know, even though they got the better of the play, even early on in the game, I thought the Islanders came out with much more intensity. Like early on in the game, even though the Rangers jump out to that one goal lead uh, on their first shot, it's like 10 1 in shots before the Islanders tie it. And Matt Martin comes out and tries to get a rise out of his team, also going against the young kid making his, you know, hockey debut and has a, a reputation for, you know, being a bit of a, a, a bruiser. Uh, down in the uh, KHL. So, you know, I think he's just trying to bring some enthusiasm, welcoming a a young kid as I was listening to Lori uh, and an interview on the game as I'm coming in, kind of that welcome to the NHL, but also just trying to pick his team up because, you know, early it was not to get discouraged because the Islanders had the better of the play. And then obviously they take the the three to one lead after one with the the goals within a couple of seconds. I was at my in-laws house just having dinner. I went into the, I swear it's one, one. I go into the garage to help my brother-in-law get a table and chairs for the kids. There's like a side table. There's a lot of us. I come back. It's I'm like, what the hell happened? I missed the two goals that gave them a three, one lead, but the Rangers, this team, they go through periods. It's it's almost like their season almost where they're just unstoppable, and then they go through periods where they have these lulls. And you've seen it over the course of the last few weeks, even with the winning over the last seven games. Like, if that power play isn't there, which it obviously was late in the game, as it was for them yesterday. But if that power play isn't there, I've been talking about this forever. I've been talking about the idea that they are so reliant on the power play they are so reliant on it. They struggled to score five on five, and the shots were just outrageous. You know, the I mean, the Islanders had the the much better of the play. They were killing on shots. It was it was twenty to seven or something like that at one point. The Islanders were dominating this hockey game, and then the you know the Rangers just get enough to keep it close, and then they come from behind in the third period, and you know Laviolette makes the decision, which I think uh, you know I love. I love being aggressive. I love betting on my team. I love putting my team in a spot where they have to rise to the occasion. And with, you know, down a couple goals with four minutes left, they get the power play to pull the goalie 
which I'm sure many people want him to pull the goalie period and put Quick back in. And that's going to be a storyline for, uh, eventually from this game. Once you get past the Panarin goal, once you get past the comeback, once you get past the dichotomy of these two teams going in opposite directions again, the Rangers come from behind, the Islanders blow games. Right? Now they are now 3-3-3 three, three, and three with Patrick Wild. Nothing's changed. Like, let's be fair. This is what the Islanders have been all year long. Up and down, blowing leads. That's what they've done all year long. And this one is going to be hard to swallow. In front of all those fans, this atmosphere, to have the Islanders blow this game the way they did. Taking bad penalties, allowing a team so reliant on the power play to give them an opportunity to get back into this game. I mean, you just you can't do it. You have to be smarter. They make boneheaded mistakes after boneheaded mistakes. We've seen it all year long from this Islander team. And put the Rangers in a position where, you know, if they don't get the power plays, you don't think they're able to score them. You know, you don't really have that much confidence. But, I mean, they, they allow the power play off of bad penalties. And a Laviolette pulls Igor with four-plus minutes left to make it, uh, you know, a five-on-three and then a six-on-four where the goal, uh, Panarin shot deflected by Chris Kreider, who's just, you know, his game is in front of the net. I mean, that's, what he, that's how he makes his money. But, I mean, Igor is going to be a storyline, as I was saying. Igor is going to be something they discuss because obviously coming out of the break, going to Quick, and the way Quick has played this year, they go back to Igor after a couple games. He settles in. He still hasn't lost. He's kept the winning streak seven in a row. But shaky in this game has been shaky all year. And what I don't like about it is he's been better, right? He's come back. He got the rest. They let Quick play a couple games, three overall, and the last one heading into the break, the two coming out of the break. They go back to Igor against the Blackhawks. It has to go to overtime. It shouldn't. They're a lousy team, Chicago. But he's played. He's played all right. They've won the games. Things have been trending in the right direction. And then now with the environment at its highest, with the pressure on against the Islanders for the first time in over a calendar year, how is that possible? How is it possible the Rangers and Islanders haven't played in a full calendar year more than that, right? Was it it was December of last year? December of 23, the last time these two teams played? What the what how the hell is that possible? But it's the first game against the Islanders. It's this stadium series, 80,000 people, and this is the game where all of a sudden, you know, Igor's a little shaky. This is the game he decides to revert back to the guy who they were, you know, concerned enough about to give some time to quick. And I would, and, and listen, I, I I applaud Laviolette for trusting his team, and that was the theme of the game from him. There's no panic from this team, even though he has some weird facial expressions on the on the bench on TV. He just had some weird facial expressions as they were down early, three to one. But Laviolette shows confidence in the team. He knows this team has battled back all year long. He knows how deadly they can be on special teams and on the power play. He understands what they need to do. He doesn't pull the young goalie. He doesn't throw in quick into this game. And, I, I, you know, talking with Ranger fans, I think a lot of Ranger fans were expecting the move just to light a fire into the team that honestly looked dead the entire first period. Besides the goal, looked absolutely dead the first period with that kind of atmosphere. And yet at the end of the game, they come back. They get that uh, power play goal, and then they get the second power play goal where, again, they pull the goalie with two and a half minutes left, 
and Zabanajad from that spot, who is absolutely deadly. And that's why when you watch this power play, right, when you see this power play and you understand how deadly it can be and how, you know, a, what a strength it is, you know, if they can get into the zone, and you've seen that really be the issue for this team, when the power play goes cold, the, the opposition makes it difficult to get it set up because once it's set up and you have Panarin and his ability, Fox to lead the power play and his ability, and how deadly Zabanajad is from that spot on the ice. So not only for the – and I know they had the, the two extra men, they were able to pull the goal and, and make it a two uh, – make it a six on four. But, I mean, the Islanders, to get those penalties, to get that tripping one especially, I mean, I, a lot of people are going to have a problem with that penalty. But you get that penalty, you allow the, uh, the Rangers to go on the power play, and then you allow them to set it up, and then you allow Zabanajad from that spot. Like, that's, that's the most – yeah, Panarin's unbelievable. Right, and he has the game winner. It's nothing but hustle. He gets that incredible play. We'll get to it in a second. But as deadly as he is, he's more of the playmaker, and that's the one spot. Zabanajad sits there and waits for that exact type of goal. And that's why when you watch this game, yeah, there's the story of the Rangers. Seven in a row, first place, have now taken a six-point lead back again in that first place in the division after struggling heading into the break. It hit them at the perfect time. Hopefully it does the same thing for the Knicks as they hit their all-star break. But they've been hot six in a row out of the break, seven in a row all, um, all together. But this Islander team, who is trying to, who's battling for their lives, who's made the coaching change. You know Lou Lamorello doesn't give up on seasons. He's going to want to go out there and figure out a way to get this team right. They pick, they bring in Patrick Waugh. They, uh, they're trying to do everything they can, and they continue to blow leads. And to blow this game in front of 80,000 people with a 3-1 with a you know a three one lead after one, they score the first goal of the third period to make it a two-goal game again. They are up a goal with two minutes left, and they still commit the bad penalties, allow the Rangers to get on the power play, and allow the most deadly part of that power play to come through and be successful for the Rangers. This is a devastating loss for the Islanders. This is a devastating loss for the Islanders. This one is going to hurt. This is a game they had won. This is a stadium series game with all eyes on it, 80,000 people in the building in the freezing cold, partying, tailgating, Rangers Islanders haven't played in a year. Trying to the Rangers are the hottest team in hockey, first place in the division, and you have them, and you let them slip through your fingers. And then Panarin in the overtime makes an incredible play, and then absolutely it's a goal. That puck is long gone out of his shot before that net comes off the bearings. No, no other offensive player touches it. It clearly crosses the line. Goal, Rangers win. And if you just want to talk about, right, because we get call after call, and I'm sure I'm going to get something. Oh, you're sure. Now you talk about him. Yeah, now you're talking about him. All the calls who call up and go, oh, why don't we ever talk hockey? Why don't we ever talk hockey? Why don't we ever talk hockey? Well, you showed up. Because honestly, most of the time, hockey doesn't move the needle. That's why we don't do it. There's no secret. It's no secret. You know, I listen to Al, right? Al Dukes tells you all the time. If hockey talk, Got the buzz and the ratings and moved the needle. We'd talk more hockey. It doesn't. But you people showed up. I mean, that is what an incredible couple of days for hockey at that building. 80,000 people. The Long Island Railroad Road swamped with Rangers and Islanders fans. And just an incredible game. A 6-5 win for the New York Rangers who are just 
back on track after struggling for a while heading into the break. They've won seven in a row and are looking to be that team that finally, you know, gives this city a championship. Who's going to be the next team? The Rangers have a chance, but I still there's still I still have concerns. My same concerns I've had all along. Too reliant on the power play. And the goaltending right now is not what you would hope it would be. Is it bad? No. Is Igor terrible? Is Igor a major problem? Do I think they cannot win with Igor? No. But right now he is not what he's been. He's not what he was two years ago. He's not that stalwart you have absolute confidence in. And I don't like the idea that he turned it around a little bit, worked with the coaching staff, took a couple games off, came back in, played relatively well, and then the first game with a little bit of buzz, a little bit of juice, a little bit of playoff atmosphere where Panarin's talking about being in tears after the game and every single Rangers talking about how much they felt the intensity and how it felt like a playoff atmosphere or even more than that. That was an incredible atmosphere, and that's the game now that Igor decides to revert back to the guy who was struggling prior to the break. Like I don't like that. I'm concerned about the goaltending for the Rangers. I'm concerned about reliance on the power play. I'm concerned about depth at center and the back two and the third and fourth lines. I'm concerned. But you can't you can't argue with seven in a row. Seven little chipmunks twirling on a branch, eating lots of sunflowers on my uncle's ranch. You know that old child's tale from the sea. Seven is the magic number. And we had an incredible couple of days of hockey as the Devils beat the the Flyers and the Rangers beat the Islanders. Let's hear it, Yank- uh, uh, Yankee fans. Let's hear it, uh, Ranger fans. I can't. Gio's going to kill me for that one. Let's hear it, hockey fans. Hockey, Yankee, same thing. Let's hear it, hockey fans. 877-337-6666. There is Yankee talk. There is Met talk, specifically Snell and Alonzo, and I'll tell you exactly how I feel about it. One of them won't be here, and the other one will. We'll get into it. And what I won't do is continue to have this Will Juan Soto go to the Mets story play out every night for the next year. That's not going to happen. And then, of course, we got Rick Pitino losing his mind. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, so we open with hockey. Juan Soto showed up in camp. The NBA had an all-star game, a three-point contest. I suppose you can call it a slam dunk contest. And we're opening with the 150,000 people that showed up to MetLife Stadium for two hockey games, Devils and Flyers and then Rangers and Islanders 6-5. In overtime, the Rangers take down the Islanders. And for the Rangers, look, it continues a seven-game winning streak. Uh, it it really makes you feel, unlike the Johnnies, of course, that there's real toughness inside this Rangers squad, inside this Rangers building with the coach. And I really thought that, you know, the coach is going to be, you know, coming away from the game. I was talking to a lot of Ranger fans. I was texting with a couple who wanted Laviolette to pull the goalie. Want to pull Igor. Just to even send a message, even if it's not all his fault. You can't, you know, it's not always just all oh, the goalie stinks, get him out of there. Sometimes it's just, you know, you know, we got to make a statement. You know how it works. I'm not, t- I'm not telling you anything you don't know, hockey fans. But a lot of people thought that it was time. Especially in the game like this, you don't want to get embarrassed. 
But he stuck with him. He stuck with him. And he was aggressive in pulling him with four with like four and a half minutes left down two goals. That's aggressive. Well, you know, one mistake and that's that's a three goal lead. You can you know say la vie. So I mean, his coaching style, his aggressiveness, his under his relentlessness has you know bled into the team. And this Rangers group, man, they continue to fight, and they've shown you a lot. And you feel good about their chances in the postseason with their toughness. It's just they've got to find ways to to get the puck in the net, and without needing the penalty, uh, power play. I mean, that's just the, that's my only concern. The goaltending is a concern. And the power play, being so reliant on that power play. But ultimately, I mean, they've got, uh, if Panarin shows up, and that, you know, he's got a lot to answer come postseason time. A little bit like Randall. I, I, you could probably make that comparison between the two, between the Knicks and Rangers. Randall and Panarin is probably, I think Panarin's probably a better player. But, I mean, he just hasn't been there the last two playoff runs. But he's been an incredible playmaker. He's, you know, for my money, the you know the heart and soul of the team. And he showed it again last night in this game. But he's got some questions to answer. So, like, you know they're going to get there. You feel good now that they made this run, that they should be able to finish it off and win this division. Like, that, that was getting, I was getting worried about that, you know, trending the wrong way heading into the break. They were a hundred, they were 500 team for a good portion of the year. They got off that incredible start, and they were 500 for a while. And to go on this, you know, seven-game winning streak and kind of, you know, stem the tide, I feel a little bit better about this team finishing off the division and being in a good spot come playoff time. But they're going to have to figure out a way because power plays come and go. And you saw that. While they were 500, their power play wasn't as strong. And if they're going to do that, you know, you can't just, you know, at any moment, your power play could go cold. And we've seen that from this Rangers team. And if that happens, they have to figure out a way to win. They have to figure out a way to scrape together goals. Now, they're tough. They come back. No lead safe. They continue to push. The coach, you know, has them playing that kind of type of hockey. But, like, something's going to have to change if they're, you know, uh, if they're going to really make a run at this thing. But they are as good as anyone and the other side of this angle is the the Islanders who are battling for their playoff lives out of the playoffs at the current moment and desperately needed these, you know, they were able to get a point out of it. But, you know, up early and the narrative that they continue to blow leads, the narrative that, you know, they're a little, you know, I don't know if you want to call them soft, but they can't seem to hold on to these leads. They needed this game desperately. And to come out and dominate in the first period have a two-goal lead in the third and still wind up with an L is a frustrating one. So I'm going to ask uh, our resident Islander fan. I know he's an Islander fan because the one time I went to an Islander game wearing an Islander jersey, we'll forget all about that. But he was sitting right next to me, and he was very excited. We were screaming at uh, the Kings together. How tough is this loss? How tough? It's not the only one. There have been probably more unlikely losses, right? What's what, What's the game we were talking about a couple weeks ago and they blew it with like a couple seconds left? So there's been probably worse, you know, there's been worse giving away games. There's been more disappointing losses. But to the Rangers, this atmosphere, two-goal lead in the third, how do the Islanders bounce back? I mean, it's starting to feel like they won't. I mean, there have been yeah. so many losses. They even put up the graphic in the game today. 
18th tying goal allowed in the third period this season. 18 yeah. in 54 games. That's a third, third. of their games. Yeah. They've allowed the other team to tie it in the third period. They've gone to over. They lead the league in overtime appearances. We all know that they've played twenty overtime games already out of fifty-four. They are on pace to maybe come close to setting the NHL record. And it feels, at least from my perspective as an Islander fan, like there have been so many games this year. You have that environment. You have the excitement of the early lead and the three goals in three plus minutes. They announced that the 2026 All-Star game will be at UBS. Right, right. Things maybe maybe this could be the game that turns things around. Their first game against the Rangers all season, how it's been almost 14 months since those two teams have played. Crazy. Beyond anybody's comprehension. Yeah. But then to watch it slowly slip away. And I'll tell you what, at least for me, and I think for a lot of Islanders fans, is what really changed it from bad to worse. When they're 4-1, we've seen the Islanders blow a lot of leads this year. After it's 4-3, when they come out, start of the third period, and they score, and they go back up 5-3, and things start to settle down, you think, all right, they might survive this. Then as soon as you know it's 5-3, then the penalty, the uh, the extra attacker, you knew something bad was going to happen. I will not lie. I jumped on my FanDuel account, live bet the Rangers, made a lot of money (laughs) betting them when they were – just because I I knew, because I'm conditioned, and I know – that it's coming. You want to be optimistic about Patrick Waugh, and long-term, I think that he can maybe offset a lot of the damage that Lane Lambert did to this team. Right. But can that happen with 28 games to go and them now chasing a couple of teams for a playoff spot? It just might not be enough time to get that done. You might be looking at an Islanders team that is ready to bounce back next season, but this right. year, I mean, we're, we're now talking about you know 10-plus blown leads where not even half of those, if we're... You know, almost two or three of those. Almost, it reminds me of you know the Mets a couple of years ago, or yeah, other, right. t- plenty of other teams. The Jets were not even half of those games. You give you give me back a quarter or a third of those games, yeah. then you go from not being in the playoffs to being a playoff team. They've yeah. just blown way too many leads. Yeah. And I mean, early on, they they they're dominating the first. Even with the early goal, I mean, the shots were nine one. One nothing. At one point, and, it was like thirty nine twenty two. Even was, and then there was the power play where the Rangers got back a lot. But right. even more than halfway through this game, yeah, they right. had a shot advantage, which is rare for the Islanders. They were playing right. great hockey, yeah. except for a couple huge mistakes, mm-hmm. stupid penalties that they took. Yep. Mayfield had three, and at least two of them were bad. And then the giveaways: Noah Dobson setting up Panarin's game winner. Yeah, what terrible. are you doing? They I also know. had one chance to clear the puck on the power play. They couldn't get it out, and it just not. It seems like this team. And again, maybe coaching over long term will help. Yeah. The brain farts that they have during these games yeah, they make, are they, absurd. They are prone to mistakes. And then, listen, you can't do what they've done. You can't give up game time goals in the third 18 out of 54 games. You can't blow all these leads without making, you know, a, a, a modicum of, of terrible decisions and boneheaded plays. Like, could you imagine That's, what we'd say about a team that blew. 18 saves in 54 games in no, baseball. I, you, that's kind of, it's almost what the equivalent of it is. Yeah, that's in true. the eighth or ninth inning. Right. No, that, that is crazy. That is crazy. I mean, it's a little different. The third period's a third of the game, not a ninth of the game. But yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And seventh, eighth, ninth. We'd kill that's the bullpen. True. That's true. That's true. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And that's just, it's a devastating loss, including the atmosphere. And obviously, they haven't played in 14 months. And 80,000 people there, and to have that lead. And Matt Martin gets, what do you think of the Matt Martin fight? Was that, I heard, um, was he gross that was on with um, Laurie talking about it? I thought in the moment, because I thought they were, you know, I thought it was kind of like, all right, we fell behind, but hey, 
we're here, we're here, we're playing the better hockey. Was it like a for me, it was kind of like a let's get the team pumped up. I'm gonna fight the the big kid from the the KHL, or was it kind of like a nod to like welcome to the NHL type thing? I think it was more about trying to pump up the team. I think it was trying to pump up the team, and he did talk to Emily Kaplan. Uh, but, okay. uh, I think it was after the first period. Yeah, uh, and he, you know, he said he knew the kid was going to be looking for one. First of all, he mentioned how the teams haven't played in over a year, so. Right. You know, there, there's always a charged atmosphere when these two teams play together. The fact that it had been so long, the extra atmosphere, the almost 80,000 fans. And he said, I knew the kid would be looking for one. So we're down. Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah. No. And kind of a, almost like a kill two birds with one right. stone. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, it was an exciting game uh, for the Rangers, seven in a row. For the Islanders, another, path, you know, pathetic blown opportunity to really, you know, have a moment. And and you're right. If they win this game, if they hold on to that victory, and they beat the Rangers in a in a moment like this, maybe it is a little bit of a turning spot for the Islanders. Maybe it is a moment you can point to and say, "Hey, we can you know we can we can beat the best team in the division. We can play this way. We can outshoot them. We can you know hold on to a lead in the third period, even with the power plays. If you could shut down the power play, which again has not been like it was." for the Rangers the way when they started 18 and 4. That when they got off to the 18 and 4 start the power play was just just dynamite. You couldn't stop it. It was absolutely killer. Even through this seven game winning streak, certainly through the the team's uh brief uh you know stint at uh, being a 500 team, I should even say brief. For that stint of being a 500 team, the power play struggle. But even through these seven wins, it's not been as, you know, Don they played a couple of bad teams. Um and it hasn't been as dominant. And for the Islanders to find themselves in that position and Laviolette to really put his foot on the pedal and, and you know, to bring in that extra skater and pull the goalie, uh, if, the, if the Islanders could have held off during the power play, that might have been something too. But you're right. You had that feeling. Once they scored that second, once they scored the goal and only put them down one, you just had this feeling the Rangers were going to figure out a way to win it and the Islanders were going to figure out a way to blow it. I mean, you saw the Laviolette getting aggressive because the Islanders, they have the worst penalty kill in the league, so putting even more pressure on them, yeah. giving the Rangers a two-man advantage was a great move. Yep. And then, again, Islanders fans, you probably didn't feel great when Barzell takes the hooking penalty. Mm-hmm. When Mayfield took the tripping penalty against La, uh, on Lafreniere, yeah. you knew not only were they giving up. Like, I was worried at that point they were going to lose in regulation. Yeah. Because you just knew that the Rangers were going to get the equalizer yeah. and win it eventually. Because that, nah. that was when Mayfield took that penalty. Yep. There's two and a half minutes to go, maybe a little less. Yeah. That was the most. It was over. And you and you can't. I mean, you can't let Zibanejad beat you from that spot. I mean, it's just that's where he lives. That's not right. It's not like he hasn't done I mean, that that's before. Not, that's, that's where. That's the. They were, that, they were surprised on the ESPN broadcast of <laughs> how does Zibanejad get that in at that I, angle? I, I Have know. you ever watched the guy I, that's play? What he, that's how he. That's how he makes his money. He, he's been incredible from that spot on the power play. It's, so it's it's a it's a frustrating loss for the Islander fans, but it's euphoric for the Rangers. And, and the thing they also said on the broadcast because yeah. you know, well, they have to be better on the penalty kill. And yeah. one, someone chimed in like, or just don't take all these penalties. That's a good point too. Yeah. Oh my god. But I'm I, I have to be I have to admit I have to admit I did not think they would fill the building like that. I I mean I I guess I maybe I did I don't know I didn't. But like eighty, when you say it, eighty thousand people at a hockey game, eighty thousand, and even seventy thousand to see the Devils and the Flyers, like that's one of the players. It might have been Matt Martin, but somebody in one of the interviews, and they, they had a ton of guys. It could have yeah. been football players. It could have been Damian Woody. It could have been the guest. But somebody said this is four times a normal yeah. attendance for a hockey yeah, game. Yeah, it's crazy. 
And every seat was full. Every seat was full, and everybody was crazy. And I know I had a couple of buddies. I have one Ranger fan friend, and I have an Islander fan friend. And the Islander, they took their kids. Like they made a big thing of it. Like this was a this was this had juice to it. There's no doubt about it. You could feel it. Had in more the juice than any Jets or Giants game in November and December. <laughs> That's a good point. And now they've played more outdoor hockey games than playoff games in that building. That's that they played two hockey games and one playoff game in MetLife Stadium. That's. That sucks. That sucks. That's worse than when you I hear mean, one of those geez. like, oh, this team has won more recently than, yeah, uh, you no, know. They, yeah, no right. doubt. Yeah. Nope. One playoff game since MetLife's open. Now they've had two hockey games. Oh, my God. I mean, what does that say? And then the Giants and Jets who opened the thing. I mean. Some weird decisions there. The Jets wearing the uniforms that they already told you they're getting rid of. Right. The Giants putting out a bunch of players who, who are not going to be on the, the team. team next year. That's a very good chance. Well, you know, you know Shepard's not going to be on the team next year. There's a good chance no one who was there for the Giants will be a Giant next year. Well, and I those will be the last year. time you ever see those yeah, Jets and, uniforms. And, and, and that's that's so funny. And it's such a you know it was such a poorly written, stupid thing they made them read. It was ridiculous. That like some of that stuff, the pomp and circumstance of it all, can get a little much. Uh, but and then did I see like were they? Again, I was at my. I'm I'm dealing with the kids. I, I don't want to blame them for stuff. I don't want to be like Rick Pitino and tell you my kids are the problem. But like, I just it's impossible. Tommy, this is the problem. And this. <laughs> I mean, listen. I didn't when I recruited when I you know when we recruited them. I did not expect them to be this uh, unable to listen. I mean, it's I, I I got two kids who go completely against my parenting. Told skills. Sarah, if you're gonna give me sons, they gotta <laughs> yeah. be into sports they by went, the age of six. They went totally against my parenting skills. I mean, who? Why, why would you do that? Um, but they're running around crazy with their cousins screaming and, you know, you're like, stop, I'm trying to have dinner and everything. So I'm watching the game, but was there, I think I saw, was, was there like a, like a, a made up or make believe like park where they had like extras walking around pretending that it was like central park or something. So I did see like a little park, but I only saw when they kind of did the birds. Cause when they yeah, were in there, I wasn't paying, that's where I would, you know, look at my phone, do this yeah. and that. But I do remember them cutting to the park that was on the edge and it had hours open and closed during game time. And, and then there were So like, it was at least set up. And then there were like people like just walking around. They did have the fake fans out for the musical performance at intermission. Notice oh, they, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. But hey, as opposed to what was going on with the and listen, I'm I've never been one for the NBA All-Star game. I there's no there's no use I have no use for it. I have no use for it. I don't understand it. I don't understand what they're trying to do. First of all, the commissioner looks terrible because he's pretty much the other day talking about how he wants to see more intensity and he expects the game to be closer and a low-scoring game. And then he's on, then he's congratulating the team for winning the, you know, scoring the most points in an, in an NBA All-Star game. He literally was on the broadcast the day before talking about limiting scoring and playing tougher defense. I mean, it's just, and it's supposed to be a show, right? If it's not a game, it's a show. Who's enjoying this show? Like, none of this is for the fans. Like, all of it, the, the game absolutely is atrocious. It's atrocious. No one cares. Like, honestly, and there's no way to fix it. I don't care. I don't think if you made, uh, you know, you'd have to give them every player some sort of, uh, you know, real big monetary incentive. I don't think making the the NBA Finals like they did in, the, in, in Major League Baseball, making the NBA Finals the home field, or home court in this uh, circumstance, advantage would go to the the conference that way. Like, I just don't even think that would do it. 
These guys don't want to play. They want to shoot threes from the from the half court mark. They want to mess around. They want to score a bunch of points. They don't want to play defense. They, they even on like it was just it's atrocious. I barely watched the damn thing. I barely watched all weekend. No one cares. It's 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 the worst thing I've ever seen. And I get it. And there's no way. It's just it's a different era. And the NBA game has changed. The players have changed. The vibe has changed. Like I don't know. I, I saw Larry Bird just as I was heading in. Like one of the last things I saw on the computer here was Larry Bird gave a speech about wanting to see intensity. They're they're not going to show it to you. And I was listening to an interview Lori had on the way, and she's like, "Well, uh, um, they were like, I don't, you know, the um, I forget her name. I apologize. I'll go back and uh, double check it. But she was, you know, I think she covers basketball for Indiana." So she was obviously there at the game. Well, I don't really expect much of a, a game, really. Well, or well, if you don't like, if if we go in not expecting anything, then why do we even have it? And I'm not saying she's wrong. She's a hundred percent right. You don't expect anything from it. And the, I mean, the three point contest is the only thing with any juice. And Curry and Sabrina was a, a, a great show. She's an incredible shooter. She's she's legitimately one of the you know best shooters alive. Like that's how great she is. And that moment had some juice, but the uh, and and here's a uh, you know uh, another thing. Honestly, for the uh, the slam dunk contest for me was never good. I never thought it was that good. I never found dunking appealing. The only time the NBA dunk contest was anything for me at least was when like there are rivalries in it. Like Jordan and Dominique wanted to beat each other. You felt it. It was you know prevalent. That was like a thing. Like, if there's that, if there's, like, a year after year, these guys are in it and they take pride in winning the damn thing, maybe. But even though, like, the dunks aren't that good. Like, I've never been a dunk contest guy ever. Never gave a damn, ever. I know Vince Carter was in it. I understand that the stars weren't in it anymore. No one cares. You got guys in the G League and rookies. You know, Toppin has 15 points in his career. He's in the slam dunk contest. Like, it's it's that's silly. But you know what? It was never good. Honestly, it was never good unless there's rivalries to it. Like that's Jordan and Dominique made it good because they desperately wanted to beat each other. Other than that, even when there were stars were in it, I didn't care. I just hate it. I hate everything about it. I don't like anything about the NBA All-Star game. Relatively all All-Star games suck. The MLB is the only one that even rivals comes close to the game being the game, let's be honest. And it's just atrocious. So while that's going on, I'm I'm I didn't pay Hardly any attention to the NBA All-Star break. No, I, almost none. And while that's going on, hockey's putting on a show at MedLife Stadium. 877-337-6666. We'll get in more into that. We do got to get into baseball. Camps open today. Full players, should I say. As the pitchers have been there for a week now since Valentine's Day, but or a little bit less than that, but position players show up. Juan Soto is that Yankee camp? And the same narratives continue to, to be put forth. And I'll tell you right now, we'll get into it. There's a certain pitcher, free agent pitcher, who continues to be bandied about as a possibility for the Yankees. And I just, it makes no freaking sense. To me. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Play fake, Jones rolls left, rolls left, wide open for the touchdown is Bellinger. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. 
Well, you know, yeah, as I was ranting there a little bit about the All-Star break uh, and the All-Star game in particular and the players, and I, I mentioned that the, the basketball's just changed and Larry Bird's comments and then me and, you know, me and Fleegs were talking about it a little bit. I, these players don't understand, you know, the opportunity they have. And Larry Bird spoke to it in his comments about when the best players in the world get together, you got to get after it and, you know, give the fans an opportunity to see who the best is. And if you think of the beloved players, now, I'm not saying there aren't beloved players now, but if you think of Jordan, if you think of Kobe, Larry, Magic, like these guys, you know, I was just watching that someone put up a highlight of the 2001 game. That's one of the more popular games in history, one of the better all-star games in history. Allen Iverson scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter or something like that. Like, they took it personal. Like, they don't, like, if Michael Jordan was going to step onto a court, he was going to try and win. The plan is simple. There was no, oh, you know, we'll just go out there, we'll shoot some threes, put on a show, pass the ball around. If Kobe Bryant stepped on the court, he was stepping on the court to beat you, plain and simple. And these guys aren't like, it's and whatever, it's a change in, we talk about it, right? Connecting to the younger players. Can this manager connect to this, you know, new generation? Is it too hard? Can you can you still, you know, be hard on a team of young kids? Do you have to connect to them a different way? Like, and I don't know if it's necessarily all that. That might be just too easy an answer. But nobody wants to play here. I don't know if nobody wants to get embarrassed. I don't know if, and that's why, you know, I heard Lori mention it, and me and Fleegs were just talking about it, about what we could, what you could do, the way the NFL has gone to a flag football game, because at least in football, I, I sort of understand it. The last thing I want to do, and football is such a dangerous game, the last thing I want to do is seriously hurt myself playing in an, an exhibition game at the end of the year. Like, I always understood that. Basketball is a little bit different. Now, you could get hurt r- trying hard and running hard. I get it. But it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of embarrassment. But if you're going to try and come up with some sort of, sec- you know, a, a different plan for the All-Star game as opposed to just this meaningless game or some way to entice them to try hard, I do think that it would have to take an absorbent amount of money, which I don't think they'd want to do especially for these all-stars. I mean, all these guys get paid, you know, for the most part, the bigger stars get paid a ton of money. You'd have to offer them, you know, a million dollars each, half a million dollars each at the bare minimum. I don't know if that help, That That's the only thing that may help. I don't think making the, uh, the NBA Finals home court decided in this game. I don't think that matters. It didn't, ma- it didn't help in baseball. It won't help here. But if you do tweak it the way the NFL tweaked it and went to a – flag football game, if you were to put them in some sort of competition, whether it be three-on-three or whatever, a three-on-three round robin, a half-court four-on-four, I don't know, something where it would be more of less people on the court and a little bit more of, hey, you just got beat. Like, you know, you step on the court right now, they, they, they sub in and out, someone goes on a run, you're barely playing defense. Nothing could happen. He's, you know, nothing, you know, Jokic, you know, practically embarrassed himself going up for a dunk layup. I don't even know what he did at the end of the game. Like, eh, whatever, it's all fun. 
But if you get on the court, it's just three of you, and there's no subs. It's three on three, first one to eleven. Like these, then you're embarrassed. You lose. You can't lose eleven nothing. You can't get beat like that. Now there's an embarrassment. There's only three players on the court. You ain't coming out, and it's first one to eleven. You win. You lose. Now, I don't think it'll ever happen because I think if Adam Silver ever floated that trial balloon, every player would say the same thing. No, I mean, I don't feel like working. I don't feel like doing that. Why would I want to do that and risk getting embarrassed? Why would I want to do that? Can't I just go there, party in the party city, you know, play the game, shoot it from half court, relax, throw the ball around, and, you know, not worry about this? Why do I have to? I don't want to do that. I'm, that's the answer they'll get. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why it's it's changed so dramatically. I mean, it's it's been a long time. It's not like all of a sudden this year they didn't show up and play defense. It's been trending this way and just as egregious for the last handful of years. But I mean, it's gotten to a point where honestly, don't don't have it. I honestly want to cancel the whole thing. Just give them a break. Give them a break. Have them show up somewhere and do some fun stuff and not play a basketball game. Have them have a NBA 2K tournament where they play video games against each other. You know, do some. You know, uh, it doesn't. I don't care. I don't care because the game's just awful. And it's it's a oh it's a show. Well, what show, who's enjoying this show? Who's that show for? Who enjoys that All Star game? 66 66. Unfortunately, I know for Miriam, she might have enjoyed some of that hockey game yesterday, but not the final outcome. No, I, I think the Islanders have to stay out of the penalty box. Well, that's for sure. I think the other thing that is good, though, is that if you stay out of the penalty box, they have people that can score goals on each line, and I think it'll work if they stay out of the penalty box. I like Patrick Wall's aggressive style. Mm-hmm. I like his defense first style. But they must stay out of the penalty box. No, I mean, of course, and especially against teams like the Rangers who yeah, who live I, on scoring penalty, power play goals. Yeah, and I also think I love the way Ilya Sorokin plays. He's athletic. He mm-hmm. can move from place to place. And I think they'll be all right. They just have to stay out of the penalty box, not blow leads, and make sure well, they add, add to the goals they have. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that 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 sounds that sounds great and everything, but it's it's easier said than done. They've struggled holding on to leads all year. I well, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean if they can if they can do all if they could stop doing all the things that have cost them games, sure. But I mean, it's it's easier said than done. They've been one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in hockey, at holding on to leads. Well, how, how do I'm, they go about doing that? You just like I said, you know, stay out of the penalty box. You know, use your your lines wisely. Make sure everybody knows their assignments. And you saw at the beginning of the game, the Peter Laviolette had to call his timeout. Yeah. Why? Because the Islanders were coming on strong. Yeah, no, the Islanders were dominating the first period. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. have to keep doing that throughout the game. Well, yeah, I know. I understand, Miriam. My point is, is that I think they're all aware of that. And they've been trying to do that. But, I mean, you look at the team right now. They are currently, let's go to the, they are currently 62. They are four games back of a playoff spot with the Devils ahead of them. 
They're a mi- they're a minus twenty three differential. They've lost three games in a row, and as Mike Fliegelman told you, in about a third of their games, they have given up a game tying goal in the third period. So yes, you're right. There are times where they dominate. They dominated this hockey game early on from the Rangers. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. But they've really struggled, and this is a gut punch that we're going to find out about this hockey team. And while I don't think you know uh, Patrick Waugh is going to be held accountable for anything that happens this year, I don't think anything's going to be put on him. We're going to find out about him a little bit and his coaching to see how they bounce back from this, because this is a gut punch. This is a this is a three goal lead at one point against their bitter rival in front of eighty thousand people at a stadium game, uh, you know, on ABC, the whole world watching, and. You know, they absolutely blew this game. They had they had a game they absolutely had won and they threw it in the trash. And now tomorrow they'll play in Pittsburgh and let's see how they bounce back. I'm interested to see how this Islander team bounces back. Because this is a rough loss. This is a devastating loss. And in the fashion that it happened, and then yeah, you're right, to 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 take terrible penalties and allow themselves to find the you know to be up against a Rangers team that is so reliant and and so good on their power play to give them two opportunities like that late in the game uh and for Laviolette to be that aggressive and pull the goalie and you know to, and then Zabinajad Zabanajad wide open uh right where he loves where he loves to take that shot I mean that is if you're a Ranger fan you've seen that a million times over the last 2 years that's where that's where he lives. Ever since Panera, really, ever since Panera got there, that's been that. That's where he sits. He waits, and then he shoots. And to allow that to be your, you know, your backbreaker there is is rough. It's rough. It's rough. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I wish it was just as simple as stay out of the penalty box, keep it going, score goals, and win. I wish it were that simple. Unfortunately, it is not. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six. 66. All right, one hour down. We got two more to go till 5 o'clock in the warm-up show. We'll get to the Yankees. We'll get to the Mets and Pete Alonzo. We'll get to Rick Patino's comments, which, honestly, I did not think they were real. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Blue Chips, but he that's who he feels like to me. If you ever saw the movie Blue Chips with Nick, uh, uh, Nick Nolte and Shaquille O'Neal and Anthony Hardaway, He's the coach of a college basketball team that's once been in, you know, once had glory and is now hitting its bottom. And like that's who Rick Patino was for me today. Just a frustrated coach willing to throw shade at everybody in this program except him. 